Hello, med students. My name is Zach Olson, and thank you for downloading this episode of the EM Clerkship Podcast. Today, we're continuing our trauma series. We've covered head. We've covered face. Now imagine yourself in the ED, enjoying your shift, working alongside me when we get presented this case. Hey, Dr. Olson. So this is uh, James. He's a 19-year-old male. He was at a pool party, dove into the shallow end. Uh, he was pulled out and C-spine maintained by an off-duty uh, EMT who was at the party. He is complaining of pain and stiffness um, to his neck area, so we went ahead and immobilized. He has been AMO times three the whole time. No LOC. Uh, he's a little tacky, but otherwise vitals have been normal. Uh, no meds, no allergies, and no history. Um, mom and dad are in the room for about two hours away. Okay. Yeah, watch your wire. Yeah, okay. Neck injury, specifically C-spine injury. Remember with ATLS, airway? Remember, it's airway and C-spine. You fail ATLS when you miss C-spine. This episode is really important. The most important thing I want you to remember is something called the nexus criteria. N-E-X-U-S. The nexus criteria is by far the most important aspect of this episode. The way it works is when somebody passes the nexus criteria, you do not have to get imaging of their cervical spine during a trauma. So it saves money, it saves radiation, it saves time. It's a big deal. More on nexus in a bit. But first, let's get started with our approach. First step, ATLS. You should know this. You put on a cervical collar. Airway and C-spine, airway and C-spine, airway and C-spine. You fail ATLS if you forget C-spine. Now, I will caveat this by saying that this may actually be changing. Some people are advocating that C-collars are not useful and maybe even sometimes harmful. It's something to keep an eye on, but we're not there yet. The standard of care is to put a cervical collar on anybody with a possible spine injury, with the reason being that if they have an unstable injury to their spinal column, that if the head isn't held still, the spinal column will shift around and lead to spinal cord injury, which is bad. That's why we put on the cervical collar. So step one, put on a C collar. Step two, you apply those nexus criteria, N-E-X-U-S. This is the criteria you use to determine whether or not you can safely rule out C-spine injury without imaging. It's five criteria, and it's nice because it has a mnemonic. The mnemonic is spine, S-P-I-N-E, spinal midline tenderness, painful distracting injury, intoxication, neurologic deficit, and encephalopathy, spine. If none of these are present, You have essentially ruled out cervical spine injury and don't need to get an image. You can take off the C-collar. Step three, if your patient does not pass the nexus criteria and they have spinal midline tenderness, 
painful distracting injury, intoxication, neurologic deficit, or encephalopathy, then you do have to get an image of the C-spine. And this is typically a CT scan, cervical spine without contrast. We've talked about CT head without contrast, CT maxillofacial without contrast, and now CT cervical spine without contrast. Step four, when that picture comes back normal, and it pretty much always does, then your attendings will want you to know how to clear the collar. That's what it's called, clearing the collar. This is important, listen to me. Just because the patient didn't break a bone in their spinal column does not mean the spine column is okay. Think about athletes who destroy their ACL. Bad injury, no fracture. Think about nasty, complete rotator cuff tears. Horrible injury, no fracture. Same thing with the spine. The CT scan only rules out fracture of the spinal column. But there is actually something else that might be going on. Spinal ligament injury. This is basically spine bones can shift all over the place because the ligaments are torn and there's nothing holding them in place and this will lead to paralysis and maybe death syndrome. It's very bad. This is why even in the setting of a normal CT scan, cervical spine, without contrast, we still need to clear the spine. So back to step four, this is what you do. Images are normal. It's now been a few minutes. Everything has calmed down. You tell the patient they didn't break their neck to help them relax, and you recheck the C-spine. You run through your nexus criteria again, looking for spinal midline tenderness, unresolved painful distracting injuries, unresolved intoxication, neurologic deficits like numbness, weakness, tingling, and continued encephalopathy. If these issues have resolved and you have to recheck, then you can attempt to clear the collar. Have the patient turn their head 45 degrees to the left, to the right, and down to their chest. If they can do this without having any significant pain or neurologic symptoms developing, collar off, you're done. You've cleared the C-spine. However, if they continue to be unable to pass the nexus criteria, or they can't move their neck 45 degrees to the left and to the right and down to their chest without significant pain, you leave the collar on. To summarize, you put on the collar, apply nexus criteria, spinal midline tenderness, painful distracting injury, intoxication, neurologic deficit, encephalopathy. If they don't pass those, CT scan the C-spine without contrast. And if those pictures come back normal, then either clear the spine or leave the collar on. That's your approach to cervical spine injury. Two final pearls. One, if you can't clear the C-spine at the end, that's totally no big deal. It happens a lot. Just tell the patient to leave the collar on and have them follow up outpatient in a couple weeks to see if the pain resolves and their soreness gets better. That's why you see these people walking around the hospital with collars still on. They're just waiting for their follow-up appointment. 
Usually everything will be better when they go to their appointment, but if not, then they can get imaging to check for ligamentous injury and that sort of thing. No big deal. Second pearl for extra credit, the cervical spine fractures that a resident needs to know are remembered with this famous mnemonic. It's a classic emergency medicine mnemonic. I didn't make it up. The mnemonic is Jefferson bit off a hangman's tit. I have no idea who came up with this, but that's the mnemonic. It stands for Jefferson's fracture, bilateral facet dislocation, odontoid fractures, atlanto-occipital dislocation, hangman's fracture, and teardrop fracture. Look up pictures of these if you want to know more. They're famous. They are your classic unstable C-spine fractures. Jefferson bit off a hangman's tit. Don't get me wrong. This isn't going to be on your shelf. At least I don't think it will be. You definitely don't need to know this as med students. But like I said, if you're interested, look up pictures of these if you want to learn more. That wraps up this episode. Remember your nexus criteria, spinal midline tenderness, painful distracting injury, intoxication, neurologic deficit, encephalopathy. Send me an email at zach at emclerkship.com with any questions you have about trauma, interview season, or just med school and residency in general. ASAP is coming up as well. If you plan on being there this year, shoot me an email. Maybe we can play some craps or something. And until next time, keep working hard, keep studying, and be sure to enjoy your shift.